and welcome back, spooky people. This is That Spooky Life, and I am your host, Miranda, and I am glad that you are here. I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas, or whatever you celebrate. Yay! It is December 25th. For many of us, that means that it is Christmas, or for some, it is Yule. I wish you a happy holiday, whatever it is that you celebrate, and hope that you are safe, sound, happy, healthy, with family if you wish to be, and enjoying time to yourself if not. We have some fun spookiness today, and I'm just going to dive right in. My story for this week was one that I teased last week about the old highway route I used to take when we lived on the mountain in the middle of nowhere, and how recently I went back that way for the fun of it and was reminded of some spooky happenings in my youth. I mentioned the old Victorian house across from the church. So I have always loved Victorian-style architecture. It's aesthetically pleasing to me, and since I was little, I've loved towers, big wraparound porches, spiral staircases, and high-peaked roofs, all the, the things that you think of when, quote, old Victorian house, end quote, is said. And while this particular house wasn't the most Victorian it could be, it was of the same era or style, and it was big, whitewashed, two-story, big porch, obviously old. And it always drew my eye whenever we drove by. I loved seeing it. I loved seeing who was in, who was out, seeing how much of the house I could see. Did the porch go all the way around to the back, which I presume it did, but I never and couldn't see that part from the road. Couldn't tell for sure. Two stories. There was the stereotypical, very steep peaked that like windows that came out. So you knew it had to be interesting inside, like maybe like a little alcove into a window. Additionally, I remember seeing kids out there. They were younger than I was, and there were, you know, modern toys in the yard. So it was very clearly a family home. And every time we drove that way, I'd always look for it, see if the kids were out. It was one of my landmarks on our, our long drives to and from town. I also used to count graveyards because that, that was how I entertained myself. And the church across the highway from it had one, so I always remembered to look both for the graveyard and then immediately look for the old white house. It was odd because they never really had Christmas lights, but they did have a lit up Christmas tree in a window during the holidays that was visible from the road. And sometimes there were clearly not people there when we'd be passing, you know, no cars, nobody was in the yard, nobody was moving around in the house. But there was something over the years that came to stand out to me. In one of the upper windows, I would sometimes see a child. I'm pretty sure it was a girl, but I'm not entirely positive because I've never had super great eyesight and I don't ever remember if it's nearsighted or farsighted, but like I can't see details as well far away. And usually when the kids would be outside playing, I would see this child in the upstairs window looking down and watching them. The first time I remember noticing it was around Christmas and it had snowed. Now... <sighs> Down here in the south, that's not a lot. It it hadn't really stuck to the road and we didn't have any driving dangers or anything, but it had like dusted the side yard and the woods around the house and there was no direct sunlight on that property for all the trees that were surrounding it. So there was still like the illusion of snow to play in, you know, the south, right? At this time, I had read The Secret Garden, which at the time was one of my favorite books. 
and I'd seen the live action movie from the 90s. So my first thought upon seeing this child watching the other kids play was, I wonder if that kid is sick since she wasn't outside playing with all the other kids, but like a cold, like something that would pass. You know, the kid was pale and didn't look super well. And I personally thought I was like, oh, God, being sick on Christmas sucks. I've been I've been sick at Christmas before. And that's that's never fun. We we obviously kept going, didn't think anything of it. That was just, you know, a Tuesday kind of thing. And yet, as the weeks and months went on, I would occasionally see the child watching them from the window, and it started to happen more and more, even when it was warm outside. So it went from being a cold to an assumption that it might be more like a lasting illness like Colin from the Secret Garden. Well, then one day while we were in town, we discovered that one of the girls that went to my dance studio was of a family that went to that church. So when we found that out, I asked them about the house across in the street. And I don't remember if it was the parsonage or not, but they, they knew it and they knew the family that lived there. So I asked about the sick girl in the upstairs window. Of course, since I'm telling this story on the podcast, I doubt anyone will be surprised to discover that I was met with silence. There was no other child in the home and the lady was at first confused then amused, thinking I was joking, and then unnerved when I was clearly not joking. At that juncture, I decided to make myself scarce and tried real hard to never talk to that woman again out of fear and embarrassment. I think I played it off with something along the lines of like, oh, I must be thinking of the wrong house. Yeah, sorry. Uh, bye. The next few times we went by that house, I tried to see if I could point it out to my mom. But of course, the child wasn't there. Wasn't in the window, couldn't be seen anywhere. And they weren't there every time anyway, so I was just trying to bide my time and wait and see what I could see and maybe point it out in time, etc. But I didn't really think much of that. However, one afternoon, driving from the mountain house to town, I saw her, the little girl in the window. And around the curve on which the house sat, there was plenty of time to look as you drove by. And for the first time, she wasn't looking down. She was looking at me. She was full on grayscale, no color, dark circles under her eyes, dark hair. I realized that she wasn't wearing modern clothes. Suddenly, I knew that she had died around there somewhere, likely in or near the house, and that she had noticed me. Perhaps because someone had said something about me in the house, having told an odd story about a little girl in an upstairs window at dance class. After that, I never saw her again. And that is my spooky story for the week. Adventures in Time and Space. In 2013, it all began. Well, it got serialized in 2017. How they got to space, you'll just have to listen to find out. Bastards of the Universe is an entertainment and nostalgia podcast with a hint of space opera and a happy helping of good old-fashioned comedy cheese. Join the crew's many misadventures, like malfunctioning teleporters and a number of soiled pants, as they attempt to fulfill all of your nostalgia, review, and space-faring needs. Bastards of the Universe is available on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Casts. Pick your favorite platform and check it out. If you like what you hear, tell them you were sent from the spooky side. That should freak them out. Our listeners.
listener story on this wonderful holiday-themed episode comes from everybody's favorite swamp hag, Cat. So, this story is titled The Last Bonfire. Cat writes, Around the holidays every year, a memory of a curious event comes to mind. An event that I've not ever been able to explain, nor do I think I ever will by any scientific means. To best set the scenes for the story, I will need to give a touch of history and a bit of explaining, so bear with me. Along the twisting, curving Mississippi down in the river parishes of southeast Louisiana, there is a holiday tradition that still occurs to this day. If you follow River Road through most of St. James Parish, and specifically through Gramercy, Lutcher, and Paulina, you will have homes and churches and neighborhoods to one side, and the large river levee on the other, covered in grass and looking more like a steep little hill than a creation of man meant to keep the river at bay. This is Cajun country, and Cajun Christmas is often celebrated there in a most beautiful way. Every Christmas season begins just after Thanksgiving with the creation of bonfires along the tops of the levee. Most of these bonfires look like 15 to 20 foot high log cabin pyramids, with some wrapped in sugar cane so that when they burn, they crackle and pop like firecrackers. It's a sight to behold in the weeks leading up to December 24th as these massive structures are built. Some of the structures have become fanciful over the years with alligators, turtles, and more being built to burn, but all are built along the top so that as you drive River Road, they seem like towers. Depending upon who you ask, you'll get different stories as to why the bonfires are burned on Christmas Eve. Some of the older folks point at old pagan end-of-harvest celebrations which have just been passed down over the ages and mixed into the unique culture of the Cajun house on the Curvy River. Then it's no surprise that Christmas Eve night is a fun celebration with cookouts and dancing, toasting marshmallows, and drinking as families watch the fires burn. Now that you know a bit more about the celebration, I will detail what occurred one Christmas Eve, not terribly long ago, that has had me head-scratching ever since. I was young, and as was a new tradition in my family, we went down to my sister-in-law's for Christmas Eve. Here, family would host a celebration in their home where everyone was welcome to come to it, grab a bowl of turkey and andouille gumbo, a heap of potato salad, and a chunk of crusty bread for dipping, and eat for a time before heading out to the fires. That sounds delicious. I would love to come visit. That is the world that I want to live in. Anyway... That year, my sister-in-law's family had built their own bonfire and the boys headed out a bit early to add the finishing touches before it was time to light them up. I wanted to head out early and take one last drive around River Road with the daylight to catch the final glimpse of wooden towers as I did. I went down the little road to the river and turned left to go up the winding asphalt to catch them all in the orange hues of a waning day. The first bonfire was close to where I turned and they went down along towards the large bridge that spanned over the river in that area. I turned around and drove back, all as usual and all as exciting. Later that evening, we headed down once they had all been lit, and the party began. Cookies, marshmallows, hot dogs, beer, and more were brought out on folding tables, and the fires were roaring so hot you couldn't get too close to them. The night was blessedly cool, and the fires warm and wonderful. After a time, however, I wanted to drive back down the road to catch the other fires in their glory, something that takes quite some time, as many do the same. It is a slow, crawling line of cars. I walked back to the house, got my car, and began the drive. 
I looped around so that I would catch the far end as my start with my sister-in-law's house as my end destination. I got in line and drove. It was beautiful to look down the length of the river with the fires dotting the top like a snake of light. I was nearing the end when I spotted down another half mile or so, a lone single fire not in line with the others. I hadn't seen it earlier and made the assumption that I had simply missed it. I drove down towards the fire and was shocked when it was closer to two miles away than it had seemed. As I neared it, I could see people about the top of the levee dancing around it. The sight isn't a strange thing, but what was strange was the shape of the silhouettes. Some looked like women in long skirts, with men in hats, whooping and hollering and carrying on. And then as I drove closer, I noticed other shapes. There were animals there, men with deer legs, tall, lanky forms, small and diminutive figures along the ground as well. I slowed further, staring mouth ajar. The silhouettes were not at all human in appearance. It wasn't a trick of the light, for I could distinctly hear them singing out songs in a raucous Cajun French. I turned down a side street and looped back around to my sister-in-law's family home, parked my car, and ran back towards the levee. I wanted to grab my brother, my mom, anyone to come and look at the odd spectacle. As I was crossing River Road, I looked down towards the last bonfire. It wasn't there. There was no odd gap between the space line of fires and the final fire. I was almost hit by a car who honked noisily at me and startled me from my realization. I crossed the street, huffed and puffed up the levee, and told my brother. At first he laughed, but when he gave me a good look and saw my face, changed his mind. He walked down to the end of the fires and peered out along the top of the levee. There wasn't another fire in sight in that direction. There was no Cajun French singing. There were no dancing creatures and people mingling in some dance at the edge of the Mississippi. To this day, I cannot explain that evening. I think I like to assume that I just caught some spirits joining in on the fun down in the river parishes. I like to think that on Christmas Eve, the creatures gather at the very last bonfire and celebrate the end of the harvest along with the families who live there. Wow. That's a full-on, like, ended up in another dimension for a second and then came back. You should check the squeaky gate like sliders. That is cool. Freaky in the moment, I'm sure, but that is a really cool story. I love the fact that you were just going like, I have looked at all of these bonfires. I will look at this bonfire to pay my respects and see the spirit happening. And then like the closer you get, it resolves to not be people. And then it's gone. Like, wow, wow, wow. Thank you very much, Kat, for sharing that. That is a wonderful holiday theme story. And now I want to make the drive. Like, I am sad that this is now posting on Christmas because that means the bonfires happened last night and I missed it. So maybe next year, that would be amazing. I think that is a beautiful story. And thank you for adding to our wonderful holiday cheer with a spooky story. Thank you very much. And that is our listener story for the day. And that brings us to our witchy tip on this holiday where I hope if you are having to work that it is not long hours. I hope that it is shortened hours. And regardless of how you celebrate the holiday, if you celebrate the holiday, I hope that you are having a pleasant, wonderful, warm day doing whatever it is that you love to do. Be that spend time with friends and family, binge some movies on Netflix, create a summoning circle out of candy canes and attempt to summon forth the true spirit of Christmas. I hope that this day brings you joy. 
Additionally, on Monday, which is where our witchy tip comes in, there was a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. And it is kind of a special conjunction for a lot of reasons. Apparently, Saturn and Jupiter become conjunct every 20 years. However, this year they're calling it the Christmas star because it's going to be the closest one in like 400 years. And it will be the first conjunction in 200 years that will not be in an Earth sign. Earth being very material security and consolidation of resources that is honestly resistant to change. It will be doing so in Aquarius, and Aquarius is an air sign that the element of air rules thought and ego and things like that. So we are likely to see some disruption of established orders and dramatic changes in collective ideas and the way that we communicate upcoming, which arguably is necessary in our current culture, and we've been seeing the beginnings of this, I believe. My witchy tip on this is in the coming weeks and the coming months and even the coming year, since the next time I speak with you lovely spooky people, it will be 2021. Stay grounded and keep an open mind. When you are starting to feel overwhelmed, when you are starting to notice the changes and feel unanchored, it's just a good idea to take a few deep breaths, close your eyes, and release any of the energy that you don't need that may be causing you problems. Some people can vent it out their backs. Some people like to push it down into the ground through their feet. I've heard that that particular method is not necessarily the best. If you are somebody who likes to ground into the earth, might I recommend sitting down and putting your tailbone to the ground and grounding that way. I had a recent conversation where that was the preferred method of the individual with whom I was speaking, who may or may not have been Swamp Hag Cat, it's going to feel very turbulent, I think, for a little while. But it's a needed transformation, a necessary change. So not only is it going to be important for us to keep our wits about us, to stay in touch with the things that matter, we also need to have an open mind. And the best way to have an open mind is to have a healthy mind. And to do every every witchy tip that I have been recommending. Self-care. Treat yourself first. Self-care, healthcare. Good energetic practices. Being kind to others. Things that keep you in a healthy mindset will help your mind stay open. Because it is only when we feel unsafe or threatened that we tend to close off from the world. And there may be some changes and transformations upcoming in the next year that bare minimum seem to whiff of threatening or putting us in a place of fear, but it may just be a change that we were not expecting. And it will be very important in those moments for those of us who are more self-aware and are doing our shadow work and trying to guide the world in a positive direction. It will be very important for us to make sure that we are okay so that our minds can stay open and we can do what it is we are called to do in this world. So my, my too long didn't read version of the witchy tip is stay grounded and keep an open mind. There may be a lot of changes from the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. There are always changes whenever a new year comes into play and whatever that transformation takes shape in your life 
however that manifests. I hope that you are able to stay grounded, stay open-minded, and be well with yourself and your place in the world, as well as however it is that you choose to impact it. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Yule, and any other holidays that I am not familiar with or am not confident on the dates, if you are celebrating, I hope that you have a safe and happy holiday, and thank you for taking time out of your day to spend a little bit of it here with me on the spooky side. And when I speak to you again, it will be 2021. So for the rest of this year and into next, do not forget to keep living that spooky life, my friends. Bye.